Well, today I'm at the kennels of Team Hamblin Racing, which is uh, Chris, the trainer here on the right, and Phil, who's head kennel hand on the left. But actually, you're a, a really equal partnership, and uh, it's been great to come to your kennels today. Chris, first of all, I want to quote to you something that you've written on your website, which says mm. you're committed to our athletes' welfare and performance. That's explain, correct. Explain your theory. That's correct. Yeah, we, um, we like to think that uh, welfare is the, the main part of our uh, training regime and um, where the, the dogs come first and foremost and uh, that goes for feeding as well as exercising etc so um, yeah definitely that's the top and there's another Anything? quote Phil that says when passion meets work work becomes a hobby is oh. this a passion or a hobby or <laughs> everything it's everything Julie it's absolutely marvellous we always want to do, do it as a as a family and it's come to the time we've just just cracked on and done it and it's just working out good at the minute touch wood hope better things come Chris, you've always been involved in greyhounds as a family, going back to your dad. Tell us how it all started. Yeah, dad had a couple of greyhounds um, at our house as a council house, and we uh, built a wooden um, a wooden kennel, and we used to race them uh, independently at um, order shop. And um, yeah, every five o'clock in the morning or whatever, dad would bang on the walls and uh, ask us to go down and uh, keep those dogs quiet. So uh, yeah, bit of a, an upbringing uh, yeah, for those dogs. Yeah. Mm. And did you love it right from the beginning, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Just up in the mornings, early mornings, late finishes, out on the walks, brilliant stuff. Even had a few days off school when I was racing, but it was great stuff. Yeah, brilliant. But you guys went in a different direction. You actually were shop fitters, but it's been a massive change in lifestyle. Yeah, we, 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 used to, we used to um, um, be punters, basically, at Reading and then Oxford, etc. And uh, obviously owning dogs as well. Um, but yeah, we got into shop fittings and uh, served us well for about 20, 25 years. Um, but now we think it's the time, the right time, to actually break into greyhounds and uh, become trainers uh, with the reopening of Oxford shortly. So um, yeah, that's that's what the reason we did it last September. How big a factor was Oxford reopening in you? Oh, major. It's literally 25 minutes away. Um, we think there's a great buzz about it being reopened, etc. And um, yeah, we just can't wait to uh, it happens in June or July. Yeah, this year. And of course, mm. professional trainers now, Phil, and uh, racing at Toaster, heading for Oxford. But it wasn't like that back in the day, was it? Tell us some of the tracks you raced at. Oh, we used to, Aldershot was our main track, Aldershot. And we had a few few times around Warwick and Hinkley. Hinkley's. Mm. But Aldershot was our main one. Yeah, it was there most, most weeks we was at Aldershot with the... With my dad and that. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have a license or anything like that of um, when Reading or Oxford or anything like that. So it's just literally on the independent circuit. But uh, we only had a couple of dogs, and uh, it was a yeah, it was a hobby, not like we're trying to run a business now. Any mm. names of dogs that people watching this might remember? Oh, not on those independents. I, I I had one called the Pie. Uh, I named it after old Elizabeth uh, Taylor and uh, National Velvet. Yeah, she rode a horse called the Pie, but um. We no, not really. They, they were just they were just yeah, pet names, basically that uh, that you threw at them. But uh, no, no great shakes. No, no. So where Very did you grade. guys learn what how to do a dog? How to do a dog? Well, Dad first and foremost. Um, we saw what he fed him, etc. We probably did all the walking. Um, um, but yeah, then we've had dogs with trainers of uh, Vicky Holloway and Paul Clark and uh, the Baker Boys, and uh, yeah, see what how they done things over the years etc and um, I think 99% of it's just common sort of it's got you know sensible knowledge and yeah I think mm. what do you think what's important in racing greyhounds and making sure you do get the best out of them? keeping them happy mate, a big big deal of it keeping them, a dog happy is a big deal of keeping a good dog dog happy feed them well 
good feed, good walks, exercise, plenty of galloping. You won't be far away, if, and plenty of grooming. You won't not be far away from being on them winners, getting them winners. It, it's just plenty of good feed, good food, and looking after really, and in, interacting with the dogs. We're okay. through up and down the kennels all day long, so they see us all day long. So they're, they're not locked up or nothing on their own. They're just yeah, they're just with us all day. So it's brilliant. Well, I think we can delve a little deeper into that because the way you do have it set up at your kennels, you have maybe 14 or 16 dogs and just the two of you and you are very hands-on with them you know you, you take out their dinner bowls you go and give them a cuddle and they respond to that don't they? Yeah they certainly do let's see as Phil said it's 24-7 uh, if we're not racing etc we're here the majority of the time um, but yeah there's a routine you know here at eight o'clock walking feeding cleaning etc then uh, the routine starts again three or four hours later so then you might have to go to the track and uh, be back here at 12 o'clock cleaning out and uh, feeding them yeah before you put them away so certainly it's 24 7 a lot harder than we imagined i think mm. is it oh yeah very much so yeah 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 we used to look forward to friday so we can go and play golf over the weekend and uh, have a beer or two but uh, now we wouldn't even know what day it is of the week so um, yeah it flies by and in terms of the feeding, the breakfast I saw here this morning looked pretty nice actually. I could eat that. Tell us what we did it. <laughs> yeah, we give them cornflakes we do in the mornings. They have the powder milk. We put honey in there. Sometimes we put a bit of uh, coconut oil. All things really. Bit sardines. Again. Sardines, most of the day, sardines. And if they're, racing, if they're racing later on in the day, they get a handful of kibble with uh, fresh mints um, to last them through to the, uh, the evening feed. Um, but the evening feed consists of either, they have a diet of either chicken, beef, lamb, um, tripe. Um, yeah, again with potatoes and cabbage and all sorts of uh, veg. Mm. So welfare is your number one priority? Yeah, yeah looking after a, a, a nice clean dog, etc. And it's healthy and uh, yeah, we, we throw a bone into them now and again, etc. For their uh, the teeth and their gums and uh, yeah, yeah, just keeping a happy... Happy kennel, that's basically what it is, yeah. And we can see that today, you had a dog barking in the kennel, he's let into the office and on the sofa, is that a normal thing? No. Not my way. <laughs> Every time I go out, if I'm going out collecting some paper or something, I come back and the brindle's always in the kennels. Yeah, we, we're one, an headache, but. yeah, we have one dog that just constantly barks and, uh, yeah, but once you let him into the office, uh, he will be quite happy, sit on the sofa, etc. and uh, then we've got a nice quiet kennel all afternoon. So, yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. Either. If he sits on the sofa or he sits in his bed, it doesn't really matter to me. But, uh, he was certainly happy. Uh, one thing that struck me from your website was it's very professional and you've actually got somebody doing that side of things for you. Yeah, we, we've got our um, yeah, team Hamlin. It is team Hamlin. It's not only me and Phil, it's our other brother, etc. Richard yes, and uh, nephews, Stuart, Phil's son, Kieran and... Um, Robert, yeah, so everyone's involved in weekends. We look forward to, me and Phil, don't we? We look forward to weekends because there's plenty of hands, probably more hands than there are greyhounds, to be honest with you. So the five days a week, Monday to Friday, is a bit of a grind doing it. Um, but yeah, Saturday, Sunday, yeah, loads of hands make light work and uh, they all love walking uh, the dogs out in the countryside here and uh, the dogs love them as well. So. Mm. And one thing it says on your website is the values, and obviously we've talked about nutrition and welfare, but customer satisfaction. Now, I don't know if this is your business brains coming out, but it's not something I've really heard trainers talk about much. Owner satisfaction from the performance and contentment of their athletes. That is lovely. And I think as an owner, that's exactly what you want to hear from your trainer. Yeah, well, as you say, we're, we're, we get dogs from all types of sources and uh, 
one of our um, very good friends in Ireland, Shay Campbell, he does a very good dog in the first place. So when that arrives, that's in pristine condition, etc., and uh, makes our job a lot easier. Um, but other occasions when dogs are brought over the net, etc., yeah, they, they, they take time, and uh, you know, so we we like to to get the owner to have a look at what they've got, and uh, four weeks later, see now what the dog's like and uh, how he's performing. So yeah. Big satisfaction. How important, Phil, do you think it is that you know the owners are proud of the dogs that they're here and the condition they're in and how they're kept and looked after? It's a major thing, Julie, actually. It's a major thing. Every owner that comes here, they, they spend their money every month to, to have their dog looked after well. When it comes in, the new the young one we had the other day has come in. He looks mm. absolutely, it's come in a bit of a state, but now it's actually it's immaculate. The owner, he, he knows it, the owner knows it. He just says, you're doing a brilliant job. He's had a couple of wins and it's just, just goes from there. Yeah, we, we charge a fee, um, but there's no add-ons. There's no extras for supplements and flea collars and uh, anything like that. We just charge one daily fee and um, all the dogs get treated the same. It doesn't matter if they're an open racer or if they're a, an A8 dog. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're treated all the same. And that leads me on to another one of your values, which is respect and value. Every athlete, a retiree, is still an athlete. And you guys oh, it does, it does, it does. It, it, they get the same grooming, they get the same food, same, same supplements. Works. It doesn't matter. You know, open race dogs or or A8 dogs. It's uh, yeah, they're, they're all uh, treated equally, etc., and uh, loved uh, as much as each other. Yeah. Mm. The final one's interesting. To learn, improve, and move, developing knowledge and skills to enhance the athlete experience and adapting to change. And I guess it is an industry that really moves with the times. It must be so different from when you grew up. Yeah, certainly. We're going to have the luxury, I hope, um, of running dogs not only at Oxford, which is a completely different um, circuit to Toaster, where we're running at the moment. And we're going to get dogs that are suited to one or the other. Um, so again, hopefully Kevin's going to let us uh, race at both meets and uh, stadiums, etc. So yeah, so hopefully we can define which circuit would suit which dog uh, and get the best out of, uh, yeah, yeah, of each dog. Mm. So it was Oxford Greyhound Stadium that got Team Hamblin back racing. What is it about Oxford that you love? Well, first and foremost, the location. 25 minutes just down the road. So, yeah, you know, last race, 10 o'clock, half past 10, we can be back at 11, feed the dogs, etc. Yeah, so that, that's the first and foremost. Um, it was always a, a nice track. We liked it, 450 yards, suited to the dogs that we'd probably buy, which are the early pace sprinting type dogs, um, over four bends. Most owners want to watch their dogs over four rather than two bends. So, yeah, so it's got a lot of going for it. And, um, yeah, we think it's going to be a great buzz. Great buzz, and uh, when he gets the crowd in there, and uh, on a Friday, Saturday, that's when most people want to see their dogs run and go to the track and have a let the hair down and uh, yeah, start the weekend. Mm. And Phil, Kevin Beefy has given you his backing. Yeah, he's backed us all the way. Fair play to Kevin. Um, he's doing a fantastic job. He's done a great job at Toaster and Oxford. I honestly think it's going to be a great success. I think he's going to have it really packed in at the weekends. And it's Kevin's got a dog with you now. Yeah, Savannah Stowe's coming with us from um, Bradley, young Bradley Stowe. He gave us it, and Kevin's trust us with it and hopefully we'll get some wins out of it for him. So you decide to get back into training so you need kennels and you're starting from scratch here. Mm. Tell us how that went. Yeah well I think it was just a eureka moment. It's uh, back in September we uh, we just decided we wanted to have a go at training um, grounds on a commercial uh, basis. Uh, at first we thought we would only do it half of the actual unit and keep half of our joinery section for the shop fittings um, but then thinking about it we thought no we're going to do it we're going to go in both feet etc and do it 100 so um it's cost us a fair few quid um it's taken much longer than we thought at least 
10, 10 weeks, something like that. Um, spent a lot of money and um, yeah, but as you see from the results, it's a, it's a first class establishment and um, yeah, we couldn't be any happier with what we've got. Mm. I genuinely think if I was building a kennel from scratch, I would do it exactly how you've done it. What was the sort of thought process behind the decisions you made around the really open kennels, the white plastic boarding? Why did you make those choices? It's easy to clean down after a, every day. It's easy to clean down and it's just, yeah, it's just open. We're always in and out. Like I said, we're always in and out. So yeah, and we had to follow the GBG um, guidelines as well. Um, so that was another thing. And also, years ago, um, a respected trainer told us that uh, he wanted a high ventilated roof, etc. So again, that's why the, the kennels haven't got uh, lids on them, etc. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we've got the shutters up on a beautiful day, etc. You know, the fresh air of the dogs, if they're not in the paddocks, you know, they've still got the wind whistling through the kennels, etc. Where we are here as well, near Reading, in a, a beautiful place called Maple Durham, plenty of countryside around, as we can see behind you. And uh, you've got a sort of a gallop it's not an enclosed gallop it's not a forced gallop but the dogs love it phil yeah it's just it's just the airstrip next to us and it's absolutely fantastic especially when the weather's been raining and it's wet we wouldn't really run them in the summer on it it'd be a bit too firm but it's when we, we can uh, soft enough mm. and now we've got a lady down the road and we just use our all-weather gallop it's so yeah it's, it's, it's fine it's 360 yards uh, uh meters long etc and um yeah and we, we can actually uh, position the dogs as far as we want them to run um, and then they, they run on recall as well, so there's no lure or anything like that they, they have to chase, etc. And uh, yeah, so as long as nothing uh, pops out of the hedges, uh, we're okay. Lovely to see that here today. And you've developed a relationship with a man in Ireland who you're buying quite a few dogs from. Yeah, a guy called Shay, Shay Campbell. Um, he's got a young family, Grace and uh, Stefan, Robbie and... Um, and Faye, uh, his young family, etc. And he's very passionate about the dogs, um, very, yeah, very knowledgeable. Um, super, yeah. And uh, what he's doing at the moment is buying into litters, maybe three or four at a time of a litter, and hopefully that uh, them turning out in uh, 12 months, 13 months. Uh, the ones that are not quite to the standard that he wants, then uh, we're, we're the first people uh, that come knocking. So, um, but yeah, he's exceptional with a dog. Very good. They're always in great nick when they come over. Absolutely yeah. stunning when they yeah. come over. Yeah, so he's, he's got a hydro pool, he's got a gallop, he's, he's got everything you would want, walking machines. Yeah, fantastic setup he's got. The first dog that you bought, tell us about him, Stefan's Rocket. Stefan's Rocket, yeah, it was, um, my brother had a bitch called uh, Sylvia's Chloe. He was in partners with one of the Baker boys and um, very good bitch. He run in the Oaks and that few, and the Jim Crack and the, the Irish Oaks. Mm. It's a very good bitch. So, um, so they bred with her and he had one of the pups that was out of him. And we've been watching the little ever since and one of them was Rocket. We've liked him ever since. So Yeah, and he ran, he ran originally in the, the unraced stakes in uh, Esconti and uh, got to the final and finished runner-up and uh, that's where Fawn Falcon was sold after the first round. Um, yeah, we just watched his career throughout and um, he came available in September and um, we did a, a deal with Shay. We left him over there for the uh, the winter um, festival uh, where he runs second to a very good dog, Corker Spirit. And um, yeah, and, and then we've got him. He ran very well at first time up at uh, Toaster, done a 28.50 in winning. 29.50. Oh, sorry, 29.50. Yeah, sorry, yeah, 28. Yeah, 29.50. And then we, we went for the winter derby at um, Munmore and um, he'd done a, quite a good trial 28.50 but that particular week he caught the uh, the kennel uh, sickness that we had and um, we had to withdraw him before the first round. He's had a couple of races since but obviously he wasn't quite right because um, Daniel Doherty had a look at him and uh, said that his white cells uh, were all over the place so um, he was on antibiotics, we gave him three weeks off 
and um, yeah only last night he's uh, done a cracking trial run at uh, Toaster um, done a 1574 and um, all systems go hopefully for the uh, the derby yeah yeah we'll be entering him up for that Star Sports Derby up next he's uh, a very exciting one for you and it's really put you on the map but you've got other dogs here to follow as well including a new bitch into the kennel field. yeah we just had a new bitch from uh, Lee Calcutt and that's called Magical Camilla we brought, him out of toaster, brought her out of Toaster Sales and then she looks good we, we give her a trial and she's done a 38 in the sales trial and we give her a trial the other week and she's still She's just done a 2973, I believe. So, yeah, she looks a promising bitch. Yeah, especially for the one so young. She's only um, not 18 months old yet. So, um, yeah, we've got our fingers crossed with her, and it's the only bitch that we've got. So, maybe we ought to uh, change our system and uh, get bitches rather than dogs. Because, I think she's she's mm. definitely one to follow, but give mm. us some more. Give us another one to follow, Chris. Oh, um, we've got a young dog called McCall Lad. That's running well at the moment. That's uh, won two out of three races. Again, a very young dog. Um, a brindle, very lightweight dog. Um, we'll definitely get four bends around it to Oxford, but at the moment we're only like most of the dogs. We're running them at 270 around it, um, around it toaster. Um, yeah, he, he's certainly a dog to, to keep to bear in mind. Yep, yep. He's a good safer dog as well. I can oh, he, he's the dog that goes uh, mad. He wants uh, he won't um, shut up unless you uh, lock him in the uh, in the office with yourself, and uh, he just, as you see, lies on the sofa, etc. Beautiful dog. We'll make a beautiful pet. Yeah, in years to come, yeah, certainly will. Who are you excited by, Phil? I like the black dog. This is actually McCall's lad's brother. He's um he's had one run with us, and um, yeah, he, he got mm. in a bit of a tangle, went a bit lame, took him to Daniels once again, and he said leave him off for five or six weeks. He's, so shortly he'll be coming back. So that's cool. He's back in. It'd be it'd be a nice dog, I think, over four bends. Yeah. You mentioned Lee Calcutt, who's just bought a dog into the kennel, the bitch. Um, You'd love to get more people like him in the kennel because at the moment you actually own most of your dogs, the two of you, but the yeah. aim is to have dogs with owners. Yeah, I think we've, we've got about 50% uh, of the dogs. Um, yeah, I think we've, yeah, it was, again, to get us started. And, uh, but we're not buying dogs to sell on. We're, we're hoping that, um, that um, clients will come to us either with their own dogs or if they want us to, uh, to source a dog, then we will do. But um, yeah, it was primarily to get us up and running and make sure that we could do the job in the first place with these dogs. And uh, at the moment, I think we've got a 25%, as we stand here today, a 25% strike rate. So that's not bad at all. And aside from that strike rate, uh, now that you're kind of established, what do you think sets you apart from other trainers? Why would, why would owners want to come with you? Well, I think, anyway, I would say the first and foremost is the establishment that we've got. The, the setting here, you can come out on a Sunday, April, or whatever day you like, really, um, put the lead on your dog, etc. As you said, beautiful countryside walks here. Um, fantastic. You can see the dogs, how healthy they are, um, what, you know, what we put into them, etc. Yeah, so th that's what I would say. You come, come and have a look and uh, basically be part of it, yeah. And you've got space, Phil. We've got plenty of space here. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, we've got a facility for 34 dogs. Um, so if, if we were, the kennels were built so that they housed two dogs per kennel. And um, yeah, so we've got 17 kennels, 34 dogs. Um, yeah, could we do 34 dogs? Probably not on our own. We'd probably have to uh, employ uh, another hand, um, but we're looking for 20. 20 was a good number. We, we think we can cope quite happily with 20 and they will get all, you know, the same care as the others are getting at present, yeah. And I'm wondering if the long-term aim is for you to go up in class of dog, because I'm going to take you back to your website and your vision on the website is to compete amongst the top professional trainers in the most prized competitions that the sector has to offer. Do you want to be on the open racing? 
of course we do, Julia. Every every trainer wants to be on the open circuit, and like to be in these big races, these category ones, and see the Kevin Uttons and your and your Mark Wallaces and your John Mullins running around in these top open races. Now it's brilliant, and we would love to be part of that. So yeah, we will travel. Yeah, and I think with the right dogs, etc., it um, it wouldn't take a great deal of time to actually um, you know work your way up. Um, I know we've, we've got to start somewhere, and obviously with the graded runners, it's fantastic. But as I said, each dog gets uh, treated the same anyway. New betting people interviews are published every week at Star Sports. Exclusive interviews with the key people from the world of sports betting. Check out our full library of interviews at starsportsbet.co.uk. Begambleaware.org. Over 18 only.